You're listening to Nursing Review Radio. So Tracy, why is empathy so important in health, in particular nursing? Well, in nursing, empathy is considered to be a basic component of both person-centred care and therapeutic relationships. And certainly patients define um, empathy as one of, as one of the key elements of quality care. There are more than 200 studies that have demonstrated the positive impact of empathic healthcare interactions on patient outcomes. And there's things like... Um, Empathic encounters with healthcare professionals have shown to result in decreased levels of depression, anxiety, distress, increased levels of emotional well-being, satisfaction and adherence to treatment regimes and medications. There's also interesting physiological consequences um, from empathic healthcare interactions. Things like um, reduced rates of infection, Um, improved wound healing, higher cancer survival rates, reduction in diabetes and pain. Even the length of a common cold has been shown to be influenced by an empathic interaction with a healthcare professional. So empathy is um, quite profound. We often think of empathy as a nice thing to do or should do, but in actual fact, empathy is critically important to patients' healthcare outcomes. There's a concept called compassion crisis. Tell us about that. Well, there's an increasing body of compelling research that shows that contemporary healthcare is besieged by a generalised lack of empathy or compassion. And that can manifest as apathy, indifference, callousness, cruelty, and even dehumanisation. And it certainly results in an increased risk of harm to patients. There are studies that show that while 75% of patients believe that empathy is critically important, only about a third of them can recall an empathic healthcare interaction with somebody that took care of them um, in a hospital or in another setting. Um, And over the last decade, it's been really, you know, the number of reports that have come out that have detailed stories of appalling suffering. You know, older people left in wet beds for hours at a time, Um, non-English speaking people ignored or discriminated against people with a mental illness or disability subjected to indifference and abuse you know in the UK there was the Francis report Um, in Australia we've got a Royal Commission into Aged Care and many of the behaviours that have been evidenced in these reports demonstrate an absolute lack of empathy and at the same time, healthcare professionals who are, you know, well-intended and hard-working, are, they're experiencing compassion fatigue and burnout as a result of workplace environments that they don't experience as empathic um, and environments that are demanding, exhausting and stressful. So there really is a, uh, a crisis. What's changing and why has it been increasingly important to talk about? Well, there's some really um interesting and important studies that have shown um, that there's a been a real generational shift in empathy levels, particularly over the last decade. There was a large study with nearly 14,000 um, young people in, it, in the US that identified that empathy levels have declined by more than 40% over the last 30 years, with the steepest decline occurring in the last 10 years. And a lot of that has been attributed to the increased use of social media, um, but obviously there's other reasons. 
And in healthcare, we generally expect um, graduates to have an empathic disposition. However, a body of evidence has shown that empathy levels generally decline by up to 50% during the period of enrolment in an undergraduate nursing or medical degree. So whereas you know, students may start off with relatively high levels of empathy, and the research shows that they do, it really does drop off while they're um, enrolled. And it's been attributed to lots of factors. You know, curricula tends to focus on knowledge and skills, technical skills, and we prioritise those over humanistic values such as empathy. And we don't usually teach or directly assess empathy skills. Um, so that's problematic. And we expose students to um, human suffering without adequate um, preparation and support. So we don't up, you know, help them to become resilient. We don't focus on them developing their own um, empathic skills. We just kind of present them in healthcare settings and expect them to maintain empathy and it doesn't actually happen. Um, although, you know, more and more healthcare programs are starting to implement educational interventions specifically focused on empathy levels, very few of them have been evaluated. So that's one of the things we're doing in our project. So how can nurses and aged professionals be more empathetic? They can become more empathic through a number of different mechanisms. So, for example, we know that mindfulness and in particular um, loving-kindness meditations really allows people to be more empathic. Um, in universities, we're actually focusing on teaching um, empathy. So a number of different strategies. We're introducing digital stories, simulations, activities and experiences that allow students to actually walk in the patient's shoes, to see the healthcare experience through the eyes of a patient so that they understand what it feels like, what it looks like, um, and then we challenge them, you know, through lots of discussion and debriefing and debates to reconsider their attitudes and their views, their biases and their preconceptions and to imagine how they can provide more empathic care. And is empathy nurtured or learned? Both, both. Um, we're actually, most people are hardwired with empathy. So, you know, even a baby will cry if they see another baby cry. So we are hardwired. About 98% of people um, have an empathic disposition or what we call a trait empathy. However, empathy is also a state or a skill. So we could be empathic to one group of people um, and to another group of people we may be indifferent and to another group we may actually be biased against them because our empathy levels fluctuate at different times in our lives depending on what we've got going on um, based on our own experiences, our knowledge of other people, our understanding of other people. Um, but, but there is a body of research that says that we can target empathy um, and targeting empathy is actually key to um, changing attitudes and the behaviours of healthcare professionals, particularly towards vulnerable and stigmatised patient groups. And they are the ones that we worry about most because we know that people who are from a vulnerable group, so for example, older people, people that don't speak English, people with a uh, mental illness, 
um, homeless people, these are the people that need empathy the most, but, but ironically, they are the people who are least likely to experience empathic healthcare interactions. What did your research focus on? Well, our research was founded on um, a quote from that came from a broad, um, Bristol Royal Infirmary report, which said that it's in the formative years of undergraduate education that attitudes are forged and skills imparted which shape the quality of engagement with patients for years to come. So that's the quote that really drove us. And what we were focusing on is how do you teach and evaluate empathy? So um, our research is multifocused and very collaborative. So members of the Empathy Initiative Group, which... Um, you know, which are developing the Virtual Empathy Museum, they've conducted a wide range of projects over the last, you know, four or five years designed to enhance healthcare students and professionals' level of empathy towards people from vulnerable groups. Um, and the Virtual Empathy Museum was designed to capitalise on that work, that previous research that had been done, and to d disseminate it and get it out there. So the museum's quite unique because it's a digital resource and it is a repository of web-based, authentic and engaging curriculum materials. And we're collecting them and creating them and curating them in a format that will be that they will be readily available to educators both in universities and in healthcare settings um, that they can use to enhance um, people's empathy levels. And you know, it's a wide range of different um, curriculum materials. So simulation toolkits, digital stories, um, meditation resources, there's all sorts of them. Um, and they can be used flexibly. They're authentic because they've been co-created with um, patients and people you know, that are the recipient of healthcare. And they're very engaging and exciting. And what we've done is not just create them, but we've evaluated them so we know they work. So how did the ATN grant for the Virtual Empathy Museum come about? So the museum is funded by the Australian Technology Network of Universities Strategic Initiative Grant. And that network of university includes UTS, Curtin, RMIT and the University of South Australia. And they provide a small amount of funding each year directly um, aimed at facilitating scholarship and research into learning and teaching and to supporting innovative and innovative teaching and learning um, approaches that will promote systemic change. So we were fortunate because we already had the Empathy Initiative Research Group, so we were already doing work in this area. So when the grants were announced, we came together and um, submitted an application and we were successful. And is there anything else you'd like to add to this, Tracy? I should mention that we're launching the Virtual Empathy Museum on the 7th of December in Sydney at the McCure Hotel. And we've got an empathy symposium where we've got a whole range of plenary speakers and a really exciting day planned. And, you know, our aim is to create a conversation or even a movement where people come together and network and brainstorm about empathy, how it can be taught and why it matters. And that was Tracy Levitt-Jones there.